number 33. Exodus chapter number 33. Amen. Exodus chapter 33. Oh, I want to I share my heart tonight. There's ever a message. And God gave me this message about three weeks ago. And yet, this is so much my heart. And I've seen God do some things this week that just verifies it and kind of give me liberty to preach it. Exodus chapter 33, that's page 115, if you've not found it by now. Exodus chapter 33, let's all stand together if you found your place, amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I'll drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Parasites, and Hivites, and the Jebusites. Sound like he's going to get all the sight brothers there. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. If you're accustomed to marking your Bible, I want you to mark this next statement. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. I want you to move right on over to, to verse number verse number 15. Moses talking here. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Help the Lord tonight, I want to preach on, Lord, we just can't go without you. We just can't go. Lord, we just can't go forward. We just can't move ahead. We can't possess the promise. Lord, we, we just can't go without you. James, how about you praying, brother? Amen. The children of Israel had already experienced the episode. Moses going up and getting the Ten Commandments, coming down. And on his way down, he, he hears the sound and he mentions to, to God, he said, it sounds like war. And the Lord said, no, no, it's, it's not war. He said, they have gone down and they, they have cranked up the band and Many believe it was a very sensual kind of music, stripped off naked, and here they are dancing, and, and boy, God's, uh, and, and Moses steps up on the scene, and of course you know the story how he breaks the tablets of stone, and very upset with not only Aaron, and you gotta love Aaron, Aaron said, said, Lord, today they made me do it, today they got all the gold, and we throwed it in a thing and a, and a golden calf popped out of it. Well, that's a lie. Amen. He molded that thing. Golden calf, and this is not the message, but golden calf was what they worshipped in Egypt. And God, of course, 
Moses took it and ground it all up. And he said, okay, whose who side are you going to be on? And uh, we've we seen that great, great discourse of what took place there. Here we are. God is coming to Moses and he said, okay, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to make the next step. It's time for you to, to head back to that place. Well, I'm glad when God tells a people that He's going to do something, He does it every single time. By the way, everything God said He'll do in that book, He'll do every single time. And He said, I told your, 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 your great papa Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob that I'm going to give this land to their seed. And He said, now you head up that away. He said, not only am I going to give you the land, but praise God, I'm going to send an angel... He said, I'm going to wipe out that crowd of idol worshipers. And Lord, I just forgot. This is Mission Sunday. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, I got to, you can add $100 to that because I forgot to put money in. Amen. Anyhow, I forgot this Mission Sunday. Wow. Anyhow. I'm not even good Baptist. I'm bad to forget to offer. No Baptist does ask. Amen. And all of a sudden, the, the, uh, God just uh, said, it's time to go. I'm going to send all these people up. And, and, um, and he says, and I'm going I'm to clean out all the uh, crowd for you. He said, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. But he said, Moses, I'm... I hate to tell you this, but I'm just, I'm just not going to go with you. Boy, now, you think I... Preachers get tough sometimes. Listen to what the Lord said. For thou art a stiff-necked people. What stiff-necked means to be stubborn. It means to be hard-headed. It means you're going to do your own thing. He said they are stiff-necked people. Moses, if I go with them, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll wipe them out. I'll consume them in the way. So he says, Moses, I'm just not going to go with you. And wow, the people, when they heard these tidings, the Bible says, and when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned and no man did put on his ornaments. The word ornaments... Would, would, would be just the best way I put it is with Sunday go to meeting clothes. They, they put on ornaments to worship. And, and they, they didn't put on their ornaments to worship. For the Lord had said unto Moses, say unto the children of Israel, you are stiff necked people and I will come up in the midst of thee in a moment, consume thee, therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. He's, Literally, they, they are broken hearted. They don't know what in the world they're going to do. And the, the, the people begin to remove the ornaments and begin to repent because they knew they needed the Lord in their midst. Their drinking and immorality had turned sorrow into mourning. Had their, their joy into mourning. Billy Sunday put it this way. Sin's sweetness soon sours. Amen. It's a good way to put it. See, the pleasure of sin leads to a lot of problems and perplexities in an individual life. A huge tree in Colorado fell to the ground with a resounding crash. 
having stood for 400 years. It had been struck by lightning 14 times. Braved wind storms, even defied an earthquake. But in the end, it was killed by some beetles boring under the bark. And they chewed away at the mighty fiber till one day it came crashing down. That's what sin does. Sin, see, we, we have this mentality at times that, that if we, that we sin, that, um, we're not going to, uh, uh, because God doesn't judge immediately, okay, I got by with it. I, I, I'm, I'm free, I got by with it. Sin doesn't work that way. Sin's like a, a cancer. Sin's like, uh, uh, something that starts very slowly, but, keeps eating away till one day it literally destroys your life. And so they came to him and, and uh, God said, I'm just, I'm just not going to go with you. So what about this church? If God ever takes his hand off this church, we don't have a chance. Perhaps one of the greatest mysteries that I, that I ponder all the time is I don't know why God puts His hand on one church. We'll skip a church here, 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 and put His hand on it. I don't know why He does that. But I know this much. If God ever takes His hand off this church, it'll die so fast you won't even know what's happening. We ought to have Him. Lord, we just can't go without you. I see in this story, first of all, the plea of Moses. And Moses said in verse number 12 unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people that thou hast let me know whom thou wilt send me with. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now I pray, uh, now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. Notice first, please. God, show me now thy way. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. God tells us we can know the way. But I wonder, how many times do we ask the Lord for the way? This is what Moses is saying. Moses is saying, Lord, you you have to go with us. I don't know the way. You're going to have to show me the way. And you say, but but why, why is that? Number one, we don't know it all. Amen. We know yesterday, we know today, but there's not anyone here knows tomorrow. You may plan tomorrow, you may think what's going to happen tomorrow, but you don't know tomorrow, He does. Isn't that a blessing? Proverb writer said in 28, 26, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be be, be delivered. Number two, 
Many times we got several choices to pick from. In Matthew 7, 13, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wise the gate and broads the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Joshua 24 says this. Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you'll serve. The ideal being is this. When we come to God in the plea of Moses, said, Lord, show me thy ways. He was simply saying, God, I want to take my hands off of it because I need to know your way. Then when we say, God, show me thy ways, you know what you're saying? You're putting your confidence in a God that knows the way better than you know the way and I know the way and we're believing God. See, too many Christians have the idea they got it all figured out. They got it all planned out. And you may very well do. But here's the problem. Is God in the middle of it? Or are you in it by yourself? How many of you have ever done something and you was just determined, hell-bent, you was going to do it. And only when you got there, you realized, oh, my soul, God ain't in a thousand miles of it. You can go ahead and raise your hand. Nobody's here but us. Praise God, we've all done that, haven't we? And it turned into a mess. And we said, didn't guess what we was doing. We was over here whining and begging God to help us. And you know what he done? In spite of that, he helped us anyway. Even though he didn't get us in the mess. Show me, indicates our confidence, plea for God's path. It was a plea for God personally. That I may know thee. Too many Christians think they know the Lord when in reality they don't. I didn't say you didn't know about him. I'll prove it. What's my favorite color? Well, which one is it? Is it blue? Or is it green? Huh? See, what I'm trying to get you to see is you don't, see, you don't really know me. You know about me, but you don't really know me. Miss Stott, what's my favorite color? Green. It's green. Now, anything I do here at the church is going to be blue because I want blue here at the church. <laughs> Red makes people mean as the devil. And, and green's the word for go. I want them to stay. I, I wonder here tonight, how many of you know God? Moses said, Lord, you got to go with me because... I want to know you. We know about Him. Let me, let me prove to you how much we know God. Alright. Do you know the God that walked out on nothing? That stepped out on nothing? And said, Son, I want you to go right there and stay. Do we know the God that said, that, that, that flung the, the star from His fingertips and said, You stay right there. Put a moon in. Hey, do we know that kind of God? Do you know a God that his voice sounds like a, the, 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 the sound of a rushing water, rivers of water? Do you know that kind of God? Or is your God this? He's the old man upstairs. Well, the old man upstairs, your old man upstairs might be a booger. 
And it is a concept, you know, a perception is, the old, how, how many of you ever heard the old man, he's with the old man upstairs. How many of you ever heard that statement made? You know what that's like saying? He's some old dilapidated old man upstairs, about ready to fall out of a rocking chair. The Bible says, the Bible says, in his presence, angelic beings cover their face, cover their, uh, their feet, cover themselves. In his presence, they say, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Is that the kind of God you know? How much do you know him? Do you realize he's never lied? He cannot lie. Do you, do you know that kind of God? See, too many times we think we know God, but we know about God. Moses said that I might know him. Number three it is a plea for God's powerful grace that I may find grace in thy sight. Grace is the desire and the power to do the will of God. Grace is a desire and the power to do the will of God. God enables us, God's grace enables us to endure the trials, to be patient, to work, to do, to do whatever we need to do. And it means the grace of God is that Holy Ghost strength when everything's going crazy that you can look to and realize that God makes no mistakes in our lives. It is God's unmerited favor. Grace... It's God's riches at Christ's expense. I like that. J. Wilbur Chapman often gives a testimony of a man in one of his meetings. And the man got up and said, I got off up at Pennsylvania as a tramp. And for a year I begged on the streets for a living. By the way, J. Wilbur Chapman lived probably in the late 1800s, maybe he might live to be in the 1900s, but this is years ago, and you'll understand why. One day, I touched a man on the shoulder and said, Hey, mister, can you give me a dime? That won't work today. Dime won't, dime won't do nothing for you. Hey, mister, can you give me a dime? And as soon as I saw his face, I was shocked to see that he was my own father. And I said... Father, Father, don't you know me? Throwing his arms around me and with tears in his eyes, he said, Oh, my son, at last I found you. I found you. You want to die? Everything I have is yours. Think of it. I was a tramp. I stood begging my own father for 10 cents when for 18 years he'd been looking for me to give me all that he had. How many years, how many years has God been looking for you to give, he, give you all that He has? And you're still begging for the dime. It was a plea of Moses. I love this. Number two, the promise of His presence. In verse 33, and He said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. God said, Okay. Okay, I'll go with you. I love that. And God's been with this nation of Israel ever since. Don't, well, I want you, I want to, let me help you tonight. 
No matter what anybody, anybody in this world says, not any newscaster, I don't care what it says about Israel, you need to understand something. God will never let that nation be destroyed. Through the invasion of Assyria and Babylon and Greece and Rome, God's been with His people. Six million Jews were slaughtered during World War II. But God was with His people. May 14, 1948, God was with His people in spite of five major wars against Israel. May the 15th, 45 million Arabs were pitted against 64,000 Jews at Egypt. 45 million Arabs against 64,000 Jews. They were outnumbered 40 to 1. The Arabs said, we'll drive you in the sea. Israel had 10,000 rifles, 50 rounds for each rifle, four cannons, and 36,000 submachine guns, and they won that war. You say, how can they do that? Had God with them. Had God with them. God with them. And if God will do that for His people, He'll do it for you and I. See, His presence does some things that nothing else can do. Number one, it gives us courage. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 21, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. If you watch news a great deal, if you make it a mark every day, then it's not going to be long. You're going to buy you a machine gun, some pork and beans, find you a cave, and shoot everybody that comes to the door. That's what you're going to do. But if you got His presence, it'll give you courage. It'll realize that as long as I have God, I've got it all. So I brought back to church. We, we have a great security team. We really do. We, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. We make all, we, we make every arrangement we can to keep everything safe. And, and, and I do, I appreciate that. Please, I never be little there and make light of that. But I'm going to tell you this much. I'm a trusting in a security team you can't see. On one occasion, I believe, and I'm, I was trying to, um, trying to think of that dude that went into Burma. Uh, a missionary went into Burma. My mind was went blank as all get out. Had a had bad arm where a lion attacked him. Somebody help me, help my brain. Oh, uh, huh? No, it wasn't Hudson Taylor. Anyway, he was a missionary. He'll come to me in a minute. And don't laugh. You'll get old one of these days and your mind starts slipping too. Some of you, it's already been gone, slipping anyway. So, But anyway, he had, had, a, had a bad arm and... and uh, he, huh? Adonai Judson. Adonai Judson, I believe it was. Anyway, he went to a village to, to be a witness and, and, and to talk to them. And that night he left. And some soldiers went. And they was going to, to, to kill him and take, his, to, and take his stuff. 
But when they got there, uh, they, nothing happened. And a few days later, we went back to the village and they, somebody was telling the story and said, yeah, we would have attacked you, but you had all them guards around you. He said, I had no bias. I'm by myself. And said, oh, yes, you did. We saw all them guards around you. See, you had no idea uh, the, the, the times that guards put a hedge about you and kept you safe when you didn't even know it's happening. Isn't that wonderful? His presence will give you courage. Number two, His presence will give you a comfort. Psalms 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Without with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comforted me. You know, there's a whole bunch in our church have had to walk that path this week, last two or three weeks. They go by a graveside, they've had to walk by a casket. Last week, Brother Dean was, was, was walking that path and he stopped and asked me the question, how, preacher, how do they make it if they don't know the Lord? I said, not very well. Not very well. No comfort. Isaiah 43, 2 said this, when thou passest through the waters... I'll be with thee when the, and through the rivers thou shalt not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flames kindle upon thee. What a, what a powerful truth. May I say his presence is constant. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Oh, don't miss this. Be content with such as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor Forsake thee. Let me tell you why many of you can never get contented. Okay, it's, it's, let me tell you how simple it is. It's just simple. You're always wanting something. Look, guess what? You're always wanting something from God's hand. You're always wanting something from God's hand. I don't want something from God's hand. I want Him. If I get Him, I'll get everything in all of His hands. But you see, it won't be important because I want Him. I, I don't know how... I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost anxious to go here, but I think I must. <laughs> whole lot of marriages is built on what can... One do for the other. You know, if that don't soak in, just come see me after service. Now I'm going more. To, it, it marriages is built on what one can do for. The, you know, just, but she don't. She don't show me no affection. He don't show me no affection. Well, it quit being mean as the devil. Amen. It works. No, that's that. That's extra. I shouldn't even said that at all. Slipped out. What person can do? Let me tell you how you can make a great marriage. It's when you want to be with that person because you want to be with them. Just them. It works. See, when you just want to be with the Lord, it's constant. One Christmas Eve, the telephone rang in the office of the pastor of the church in Washington, D.C. That President Franklin... Roosevelt attended. Tell me, Reverend, you're holding a Christmas Eve service tonight? When advised that there certainly will be a service that evening, 
Do you expect President Roosevelt to attend the church tonight? That explained the pastor patiently. I can't promise. I'm not sure about the president's plans this evening. But I can say that we fully expect God to be in our church tonight. We feel secure in the knowledge that his attendance will attract a reasonably large congregation. I love that. Do you want God's presence? I'm talking about on the job, at the house, washing clothes, mowing the grass. Do you? Some of the greatest times I have with God when there's nobody else around whatsoever. Promise of His presence. But here's the truth I really want to get to. The prophet's dependence. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and the people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Moses said, Lord, we, we just can't do this without you. We just, we just can't do this without you. I, I'm, I'm thankful for every person that's here. I'm thankful for every one of you that are here tonight. But here's the thing. If every pew was packed from the front here to the back wall if we didn't have Jesus we didn't have God we still would have nothing we've got to have him and he said I'm just I'm just not going to go Moses said I, I know the burden of leading this I, I, I think it's almost hilarious God said there are stiff necked people and I'm going to send you out there by yourself. Moses said, no, you're not. You expect me to take that stiff-necked people by myself? Ain't happening. Ain't happening. And let me say this. As pastor of this church, if God don't meet with us and God's not here, we can't do it. It ain't going to happen. Sunday school teacher, Sunday school teacher, you can study till you got every I dotted and every T crossed and you got everything lined up, point one, two, three, four, and you can be grammatically correct. You can have every syllable down. You can have it detailed, 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 detailed. To, to, to people will say, wow! But here's the thing. If you don't have God on it, it's dead as a hammer. Sunday school teacher... I want you to study. I want you to prepare. But let me tell you what the greatest preparation you'll ever do. is when you're done studying, find you a place somewhere and say, Please, God, please don't leave me up there by myself. Please, God, anoint every word. On Easter Sunday, in a little white church, the first Easter Sunday, I preached. I had, I had studied... The message so much. I could have just about quoted it word for word. I'd hooked up ten IVs to it. I mean, I had everything lined up. We're sitting there, four of us, on a pew. 
And I've told you this before. The dude next to me said, Man, I hope they don't call me first because I'm not real sure what I'm going to preach. And I'm sitting here thinking, Huh? But the whole time I sat there, I said, God, please, if you don't go with me, I'll embarrass you and me and we'll both fall on our face. And I talked bad about both of us. I said, God, please don't leave me there by myself. Please, God, just go with me. And that was the first time. And this evening, before I walked in the pulpit in my office, I said, God, please don't leave me there by myself. I can't do it without you. You know what the greatest error we're making? We're doing our jobs when God's waiting here to help us and we're not asking Him. We're not saying, I want you to help me today. I I mentioned this to one woman and she said, well, you don't have to be that foolish. What's foolish about getting an almighty, all-powerful God to help you? What's foolish about that? We, we do our things every day, all through this, and, and leading this church. And I'll show this in a minute. I am a master at this. Nobody does this better of trying to figure out what we're going to do than I do. I'm a master at it. I'm always thinking. I'm always doing. I'm always trying to figure out. I'm a master at figuring it out only to find... That when I'm saying, you know, they just ain't no way to figure this thing out. And bam, God opens a door and makes a way. And I say, wow. Why did I do all that figuring for it? And all that doings. And it's amazing. I wonder tonight, the Bible says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Since all that we have is because of the Lord, and without Him we're nothing. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. The Bible says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me... Ye can do nothing. Let me tell you how much God, Moses wanted. He got so close. He kept getting closer and closer. He got so close to God. He said, show me thy glory. And God got so excited about that. He said, son, I can't do that. If I did, it would incinerate you on the spot. But he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm so excited about you wanting it. He said, here's what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to stick you under this rock. 
And I'm going to hold my hand. And as I come by, I'm going to lift my hand so you can see my backside for just a moment in time. And when he come off the mountain, everybody said, Cover his face! He's blinded us! He was shining so. And all God did was stuck him under a rock and let him see his backside. Many believe all he's seen. You know how a woman rides that great train? Of a wet, that train, many believe that he may have just saw the train as God passed by. I want to know something. What are you trying to do all by yourself that's absolutely driving you crazy? Maybe you just need to say, I can't go any further. Lord, We just can't do this without you. Someone asked me not long ago, how in the world did did you make it being married 41 years? I said, because I'm so wonderful. That's why. That's that's not the truth. Tell you why we're married 41 years. Let me tell you why. That first five years... We didn't have God in the center of it. That first five years, he's rough. You say amen, Miss Steins. It's all right. It was rough. First five years rough. 1980, we got God right dead center of our home and our marriage and our life. And we've had him there ever since. And God in the center of this thing. And Moses said, God, if you don't go, I'm not going to go. I want to hear tonight, what are you wanting to do for God? What Some of you done, done decide, well, I just tell you, I'm just too tired. I, I just get one day off. And I'm just too tired. I can't go on share Saturday. You could if you believe God to do it for you. If you was trusting in Him to do it for you. Moses said, I can't do this. Lord, we won't go. If you don't go, Sarah Baptist Church, I don't know where you're at, but as, as pastor, we've got to have him. we got to have him. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.